Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by Jeremy Nicholas Phoenix. I'm in the building. Going with the full middle name, not just the initial. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. This is the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. You are now tuned in to Pop Culture. Hit you with that pop, 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 pop. And today we are talking about parking etiquette. What are the rules when it comes to parking your car on the street, in a garage, Wherever you may be, what are the rules? Jeremy, I saw a TikTok of a lady who got out of a vehicle to save a spot for that for that vehicle that she got out of. She stood in that spot while the car behind them tried to park, got into an argument, and subsequently won the argument because the people in the car behind her eventually just drove off. Even though they argued she could not save the spot as a human being, being that she's not a car, but she was trying to be in the parking spot, the car parking spot. What are your thoughts on this interaction? Um, it really depends. You know, I, I got strong feelings both sides of the way. Like, I'm not for it and I'm not against it. It just depends on if I need to spot or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or if I need to save it for somebody. Look, the truth is, universally, if you are out standing in a spot saving it for somebody, every single person who sees you, every pe- person who's listening to this right now, knows that you're the jerk even if you're the one saving it you know you're being a jerk because the rules go i don't know the official rules but you're not allowed to save a spot unless you have an actual car everybody knows that i see that's where i don't know jeremy i don't know i don't know what the rules are it's not like driving there are rules to driving three of these you must follow but that's for another time for people who know there are rules to driving. I don't know what the rules are to parking, especially in a garage, which is technically private property. I don't care. <laughs> you, you, you mean the rules. If you don't have a car, you can't get out and save a spot like that. Just That's not how it works. Except not- for you can, and it did work. One that's thing right. M. Tita taught me, one thing M. Tita taught me was you can do whatever you can get away with. That is and the th- American way. You can do whatever you can get away with. 
and the, and to be actually, if we will be technical, okay, the International Parking Institute said that while it is dangerous to stand in a spot to save it, no state has enacted any law ruling against it. Bingo. So, so, my so, whole point. And, and you know what? That's fine. That's fine. There's no actual law. And the truth is, if you were to pull into that spot because you have a car, that's just a person. But if you hit that person, it is vehicular assault. Yes. So so you're really at a, a disadvantage if you're in the car and somebody really wants to come strong with theirs. But like I said last week, I quoted the scripture that works very way better here. All things are lawful, but not all things are advantageous. So it may be your you, you may have the right to do something. And, and according to the law, you may not get arrested. But baby, when I find another spot or if I decide to just park and get out and come, <laughs> yes. have, a, have, have a confrontation with your butt. Now, you better hope there's a lot of other parking spots, other other places. If I got to park a mile away, no, no, I'm pulling over and we gonna see how tough you really are. OK, that's how where this bad gets, you really are. That's where this gets interesting. There was more than one person in the car, more than one person. So in my opinion, if you really got a problem, you don't want no problem, no problems. Get out the car and do like Ludacris say, move, get out the way, get out the way, get out the way. If you want them to go, make them go, but not by your car, get out of the car and have that conversation. That's what I think. Somebody now, now we all know it's universe rule. If you're doing that, I don't care. Even if you're the one saving it, you're a jerk. I don't care. Selfish jerk. But people may say to me, Jeremy, have you ever seen this done? Now tell him like Will Smith said, seen it, I've done it. <laughs> seen it, I've done it. Now, I have not been so bold as to stand in the spot, but I'll be, be honest. We were at the hotel down the embassy in Charleston, and there happened to be a big, huge orange cone. I grabbed the cone. I put it in the spot. There were so many people there, Brandon. I had park. I would have had to come back and park way in the garage. So I left this huge cone in the spot as if the building put it there that you weren't allowed to park there. That's right. And I went about you, my business. You get, you do what you can get away with. That's the way it works. Yeah, yeah. So, but here's the thing, though. Do you feel like there's ever a time when you could really claim a spot that your car is not actually in? Mm, no, because I don't. I don't think intent even matters. I think. I think whoever gets there, finders keepers, losers weepers. If you get in the spot, that's your spot. If you're not in there, it's not. You're not in there. The only thing I see, I was looking online and there's only one uh, scenario where I agree wholeheartedly. If you live in a spot where there's a lot of snow and you have taken your time to dig out. Nope, nope, nope. Yes, Brandon, if I dig, oh, <laughs> if there's, if there's, you know, four feet of snow and I dig out a spot and I come back and somebody's in my spot. No, no. Take yourself. You dig out a spot. I dug out the spot. And it's funny because we're talking about how people feel. And in the north, they feel like if you dig out that spot, that's your spot for 24 hours because you've you, actually put in the work no, to clear that spot. No. You know, my thought is, Jeremy, that's what? a poor investment, something you cannot protect, something no, you cannot you ensure. You have poor to. Investment. Poor investment. Well, you have to. Okay, you take well, too much so time I'm, and energy digging out the snow yeah, for yeah. a spot that you can't even guarantee. Yep, yep. No, poor and investment. You put, uh, you put too much poor investment into your tires when you walk away. Okay? <laughs> Park in my spot. Park in this poor investment. That's a bad decision. You See, one of those things is a crime. You no, you calculated wrong. Yeah, one <laughs> of those things is a crime. No. The other one is not. Nah, nah, tomato, tomato, man. You play with me, Brandon. If I spend if I spend an hour digging out my spot and I come back and my spot on the block is taken by somebody who was too lazy to dig out theirs, 
Okay. Okay. Lazy or smart? Yeah, hey, we'll find out. I'm smart. Tell me what your nose feels like next day, and you tell me what what, what was the best decision. (laughs) Well, that's what the RVK thinks. Jeremy's on one side. I'm slightly on the other, maybe. Tell us what you think. Am I the apple if I take your parking spot on foot or if I park in your spot that you dug out of the snow? Let us know. Get at your boys, the Raspy Voice Kids. Raspy Voice! I am very excited to announce a new sponsor to the RVK that you guys will love. Symbol. It's the stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol has blended sports and the stock market to offer you a new way to invest in and profit off your favorite teams or whoever it is you want to invest in. Use your sports knowledge to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol is offering a very special giveaway to the 1012 Network and the Raspy Voice Kids. It's going to hold a drawing to give away two tickets to a Big 12 game of your choice. All you have to do is sign up for Symbol, make a $25 deposit using promo code RASPY12, that's R-A-S-P-Y-1-2, and you will be entered into a chance to win two tickets to your favorite team's game this season. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account, and when you deposit, make sure you use the promo code R-A-S-P-Y-1-2, RASPY12, for a chance to win two tickets to a Big 12 game of your choice. Visit Symbol.com and use the promo code RASPY12 and start investing in your favorite teams now. Are you a Big 12 basketball-obsessed fan and have nowhere to go for just all of your Big 12 basketball information? Look no further because Midwest Madness is here just for you. We talk men's and women's basketball all year long. With exclusive interviews, guests that come on to talk about each team, game recaps once the season begins, and so much more content you won't know what to deal with. So for all of your Big 12 basketball needs, Midwest Madness is your place to go. Listen on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. I got five on it. The RVK are back right with you on this five on it. Five questions, five fill in the blanks from the RVK. Me and Jay, Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also ate pit. Joined by Jeremy Phoenix, Jay and Fiend. For those of you who know Jordan, let's go. Raspy voice kids back at it again with another I got five on it segment. Let's kick it off with the first blank. The Black Diamond Trophy going on tour to Morgantown Bars is blank. Phenomenal. I think it's phenomenal. You know why? It reminds me of the tour that the Stanley Cup takes when it is won by a team. This is what it's about. Celebration. This is about prestige. This is about enjoying the moment of the tradition of the Black Diamond Trophy. We haven't had it for over 6,000 days. We've now had it for almost two weeks This is what should be happening. Take it to the people. Let that trophy be experienced. I think it is phenomenal. My word was the whole time it was going to be celebration. It's a celebration that I got out of my mama's basement. It's back home. It's been a while. Have fun with it. Enjoy with it. This is why college sports is college sports. For reasons like this. To enjoy, to rub it in, to take it on tour, to celebrate it. Number two. 
the pass to Bryce Ford Wheaton in the end zone should have been blank. Caught. Now, there are people who might say otherwise. They might argue that it was a bad pass. They might have said it should have been this or it should have been that. The answer to me is it should have been caught. It hit both of his hands. If you ask me, Bryce Ford Wheaton, who had a real coming out party for this game and deserves his kudos because he balled with his, should have balled just a little bit more. He should have made that catch in the back of the end zone. I think he was trying to stay inbounds with two feet instead of ensuring that he caught the ball. Somebody told me they thought that he missed time to jump. Either way, it hit both of his hands, and the, per- the pass was not perfect, but it was catchable. It should have been caught. I thought it was too much. It's too much, man. Like, it was, I won't say it was a horrible pass. It could have been caught, but with a clean pocket, and nobody else around for miles. It was too much. It didn't have to be that fast. It didn't have to be that high. Put it on target. Float it in there. There was nobody. Brandon, just a little too much. Number three. Neil Brown saying that he'll take Zach Frazier as his center every single time was blank. Why I love Neil Brown as our coach. Now, we're going to get more into this during the roundup, but I love Neil Brown because he knows what to say. He knows when to say it. He knows how to say it. Saying that Zach Frazier is his guy, saying he would take Zach Frazier every day of the week is what you say to a true sophomore who is a freshman All-American, who is a future All-American, who is a future NFL draft pick. You say the right things to keep his mental where it needs to be. Zach Frazier deserves to be the center. And though he did not have his best game, which again, we'll talk about that as well, He's our guy. He's been our guy. And Neil Brown did the right thing. It's why I love Neil Brown as our head coach. Uh, I feed right into it. For me, it was all leadership. I think it's truthful. I think he was being honest with it. But as a leader, you have to instill faith in your players, especially when you have a good one. And you know he's going to be a great one. So to take it, you know, take the bull by the horns to really kind of go after the media for what they've been saying um, and anybody else who's been disparaging uh, Zach Frazier that's true leadership, and that's what people follow. That's the reason why I say even with this loss, he's not losing his program. He's not losing his team. His team's still there with him, stride for stride, in step. Yeah, there was a setback, but they still have faith, and this is true leadership, honestly, when we need it the most. Number four. The WVU ABC viewing numbers for Saturday night were blank. Not a surprise. I expected that we would do well. It was in a good time slot on a good channel against a good opponent, highly ranked. West Virginia always does well in those situations. Not a surprise. I was not surprised by the viewership numbers. I was happy. The thing is, you can't really count them if you're trying to say we deserve to be in the ACC or anywhere else because Oklahoma was the opponent. When Oklahoma and Texas factor in, we get no credit. Everybody gives the credit to the big name brand. So it was not a surprise to your boy. Yeah, I thought um I thought they were solid. I'll say solid because uh you know we have four and a half uh, million viewers for that. Uh, West Virginia traditionally puts up pretty good numbers, not four and a half million, but every week you know we're in the upper echelon, the top twenty five of or top twenty of teams viewed and and as in people you know viewing experience. I thought it was great, but you know it could be skewed a little bit because these exact same slot last week, which was Auburn, Penn State. Granted, these are two top ten teams or two top fifteen teams. Got, I believe it was seven and a half million. So we're, we're three million or so behind. Um, if you could compare this week's 730 slot on ABC to last week's 730 slot on ABC. That being said, those numbers are still good. Like no networks will look at that and be like, Oh, see, we wasted one on West Virginia. 
No, those numbers are good, and we consistently put up solid numbers, so I thought it was solid. I thought it was good. Number five. The Mountaineers blank cover this weekend versus Texas Tech. The Mountaineers will cover. They will cover. Last time I saw it was a six and a half point spread. We were favored by six and a half points at home coming off a heartbreaking loss. We covered the spread against Virginia Tech. We covered the spread against Oklahoma. We're going to cover the spread again this week. We owe Texas Tech. We haven't beaten them three years in a row. They've gotten us. We owe them. They've got a backup quarterback, and yes, he beat us last year, but that's more fuel to the fire to make sure it doesn't happen again. Our defense is as good, if not better, than it was last year, and there will be even more Garrett Green this week than there was last week. I say West Virginia will cover. Absolutely. You know, uh, we have frustrations about the Oklahoma game. We have frustrations about things that we've seen that continue uh, continue to happen and things that we need to see make progress and get better. But this game, I feel very, very confident that we cover. I'm honestly not extremely worried about it. Now, the truth is, I wasn't extremely worried about the Maryland game either. Obviously, I was wrong about that one. But this one, and we'll get into detail on the roundup. But, uh, you know, I just feel I feel very solid about us being able to cover the seven points. Um, and I guess, you know, I'll wait till the roundup to get into why specifically I feel that way. But, yeah, we'll cover this weekend. Well, that is it. Five questions, five answers. You have five on it. We have five on it. We all have five on it. On to the next one. Rock me, boys! Your home for everything Kansas Jayhawks is the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Metz, and every week we run through the most important stories for all your favorite Kansas programs, whether it's football, soccer, or tennis, volleyball or basketball, baseball and softball, or any other Jayhawk competition, we have it. We have game previews and recaps, interviews with coaches and others close to the team, and analysis from those who pay close attention to all of these programs. You can find us by searching for Rock Chalk Podcast on your favorite platform, so start listening today. I am very excited to announce a new sponsor to the RBK that you guys will love, Symbol. It's the stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol has blended sports and the stock market to offer you a new way to invest in and profit off your favorite teams or whoever it is you want to invest in. Use your sports knowledge to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol is offering a very special giveaway to the 1012 Network and the Raspy Voice Kids. It's going to hold a drawing to give away two tickets to a Big 12 game of your choice. All you have to do is sign up for Symbol, make a $25 deposit using promo code RASPY12, that's R-A-S-P-Y-1-2, and you will be entered into a chance to win two tickets to your favorite team's game this season. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account, and when you deposit, make sure you use the promo code R-A-S-P-Y-1-2, RASPY12, for a chance to win two tickets to a Big 12 game of your choice. Visit Symbol.com and use the promo code RASPY12 and start investing in your favorite teams now. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by Jeremy Phoenix, JN Fiend, for those of you who know, we are doing the Raspy Voice Kids Roundup. It is time to talk the numbers. These, well, these numbers come from Keenan Cummings inside the numbers. Zero wins over Oklahoma since joining the Big 12 in 2012. One 
sacks allowed by the West Virginia offensive line against Oklahoma this past Saturday. Two, explosive plays allowed by the West Virginia defense. 3.7, average yards per play in the second half on the season for West Virginia's offense. Six, consecutive road losses for West Virginia. Eight, catches by Bryce Ford Wheaton against Oklahoma. He started the game with only seven catches on the season. 16, West Virginia held Oklahoma to its lowest point total under Lincoln Riley. 46.6, average yards per punt by Tyler Sumter, who did it for the brand. 145, offensive yards in the seven drives outside of the first in each half. The Mountaineers had 143 yards on the first drive of each half combined. 2008, the last time West Virginia beat Oklahoma. What do you make of those numbers, Jeremy? Uh, There's a lot of stuff there. Hold on. Uh, Your mic's a little hot. Your mic's a little hot. Okay. Well, I mean, it's uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff there, but I think the bottom line, all I hear out of all that is two and two. That, <laughs> <laughs> you, Those know, numbers, you, right? you, you mix them all up in there. You come out with two and two. Look, we know we haven't beat Oklahoma for a long time. That's the reason why this one hurt us so much. When we had them on the ropes, we had an opportunity to beat them. But if you want to start digging in deeper, you start talking about those second half stats, uh, the yardage gained. I seen somebody put out, I can't remember who it was, but we averaged in the three games against, you know, FBS schools, uh, a little over 108 yards for the second half. I think that's more uh, important. Now, here's the thing, Brandon. Do you have something to say about the stats specifically? No, I just wanted to hear your thoughts. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think those are good stats, but I think one of the big things, too, well, is like we took Go ahead. They weren't all good. The 145 yards outside of the drives, the first drives of the first and second half are just indicative of what we've been seeing, which is a problem with the offense, especially in the second half. Yeah, and what I meant by good stats are like uh, stats that tell you something. You know, yeah. sometimes stats are empty. All those things speak to uh, a flaw or something that's going on in a deeper sense. So so they make sense. Though when you listen to Neil Brown's press conference, one thing he said, he talked about um, some of the uh, the negative comments about, you know, the offense. He said they were fair in Maryland. They were fair in Virginia Tech. Here against Oklahoma, they weren't necessarily fair because West Virginia only had the ball three times. I don't care how many times you had the ball because look, my dad, you know, dad, dad always told us it's easy to get a reputation. It's hard to get rid of it. So when you, when you've developed that reputation of not scoring points in the second half, when you score 24, 21 points against Maryland in the first half and three in a second, when you score 24 points against Virginia Tech in the first half and three in a second, and then we get to OU and now you score 10 in the first and three in the second half. And that's what I mean by second. I'm sorry. In the second half where you're only scoring three points every second half, then at this point, I don't care about your excuses. I've already seen other games where that wasn't the excuse. What I see is, once again, us not being able to put up numbers in the second half and averaging 108 yards points directly to it. 100%. It's the third time this season, third time out of four games, West Virginia managed to score only three points against an FBS opponent in the second half. The Mountaineers are 1-2 and two in those games, and there, here's the point to me. Could easily be one and two instead of instead of two and one. No, yeah. sorry, they are one and two. They could easily be zero oh and three. 
Virginia Tech, the defense held on. Jackie Matthews making a spectacular play to change that game or to end that game. The thing about Neil Brown, too, is, I, you know, you listen to the press conference and he's like driving the fact of we couldn't beat Oklahoma in these shootouts. And so now they're changing their philosophy. He was talking about how um, the D is going to play at a high level. And that's what they're putting their focus on. And I love it. You know, uh, a, a great defense is a foundation of a great team. I get it. And you saw that. He was talking about taking away possessions from that high-powered Oklahoma offense. I get it. But my problem is this. Our defense has been so great, and I know you want that as a foundation of your team. But my question is, why can't you do both? Why can't you play great defense and play good offense? Hey, guess what? West Virginia lost to Oklahoma under Dana Holgerson 59-56. to Right? Yep. West Virginia lost, I believe, with the Tavon Austin game. We lost 44 to 41, right? It was close. We lost this past Saturday 16 to 13. Do you know what all those games have in common? L's. Three point L's. Who cares if you score 56 points or you score 13 points? It doesn't matter. The goal is to win the game. It's not to have a stellar defense. The goal isn't to have a tough defense. The goal isn't to have an identity on offense that takes away possession from the other team's offense. The goal is to win the game. If you lose by three points, you lost by three points. I don't care if it was a shootout or a rock fight. How in the world is he making this an excuse like that somehow is okay? I like that. Own it. That's right. I love it. The goal is to win the game. So then when you start breaking down stats and you see people throwing up stats on Twitter where Letty Brown with Garrett Green, when when Garrett Green was in the game, Letty Brown carried the ball four times for 38 yards. When Letty Brown was paired with uh, 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 Deggy, Jared Deggy, he ran the ball 11 times for 18 yards. How can we, if these stats are coming out, how come the coaching staff can't see it? How come the coaching staff can't see that when we're running the option, we go straight down the field and get into the end zone? I just don't understand, like you said, the non the non change, not being able to adjust, not to see what's happening. Those slants were all day. Bryce Ford Wheaton was a a beast, but he was also wide open. Them slants couldn't be stopped, and yet we can only come up with six points after that. I think you know I'm not beating a dead horse because look, we're on to the next week. We got Texas Tech coming up, but these are the things about the Oklahoma game that I hear people saying, "Hey, we played the number fourteen real close, dude." I'm so over moral victories, man. I know we're building something here. The kids still have faith. Um, but, but, bro, I, I need more. I need more. when the, I mean, Look, because here, here's where it boils down to, Brandon. We say this all the time. When you have an opportunity to win, you have to win. Now. There are going to be games in this year. That for the rest of this year, there's going to be a, at least a game where we're just going to be out of it. We're going to look bad. They're going to beat up on, up on us. and we're gonna that, I that I don't agree with. I don't think that's going to happen this year. Look, I feel like most teams, there's always one game where it just gets out of hand or, or gets away from you. But when you have an opportunity to win, you have to win because those things aren't promised. Brandon, we talk about coaches being able to keep their kids motivated. There's only one coach in the country that keeps their kids motivated each and every single week, and that's Alabama. They don't drop to King a team. They sh- Saban. King Saban. They don't drop to a team. They don't lose to a team they shouldn't lose to every single week. They come out focused and ready to play. Outside that, every single team has letdowns. You can name all the big boys you want, but they all have letdowns because you're dealing with these young kids, and it's hard, and it's hard to keep them focused. So my question to you, Brandon, is, we start out with a, with a, a rivalry game against Maryland. Then we, co- we we have the easy game. Then we have a hugely uh, uh, emotional Black Diamond Trophy against Virginia Tech where our kids were up and focused. 
Then you go to Norman, a monstrous game on ABC against Oklahoma. That's a lot of energy, and that's a lot of focus. And I would love it if Neil Brown's the kind of guy who every single week our guys will show up hungry and focused to play. But I don't know how many more games you're going to get of that high-intensity, high focus. I just feel like at some point they, they got to take a breath as kids because that's what they do. And I hope it's not Saturday. See, that's what I think I like about Neil Brown. I think his teams will be consistent. Now, I could be wrong, but I think they'll be consistent. Um, and I really think they'll, they're going to show up Saturday, especially because the game's at home. It'd be different if we were on the road again. We're at home. It's Texas Tech, who we lost to last year, and we had no business losing to. The receivers have a lot to prove, and they're playing with their backup quarterback, who I know played against us last year, but that, for me, just means we owe them something. And I want to say something else. You were talking about Garrett Green. Total yards per play with Deggie was 3.2 yards per play. With Garrett Green, it was 6.5 yards per play. Letty had 1.6 yards per carry with Deggie. He averaged 9.5 with Green. Now, there were only 13 snaps with Green. So the question is, why doesn't Green get more snaps? Because he's clearly effective. He changes the way the game is played. And the other thing I'll say is it's not always what you do, but when you do it. So you think about that team. One of the things I didn't think we were going to have to worry about with Neil Brown's teams was discipline. You know what I mean? I thought that's what we were trading. The Flash, the Ferrari, for the reliable Toyota Camry. That's what I thought we were doing. But we had a false start on the goal line, the face mask that kept the Sooners game-winning drive alive, and, of course, the issue with the snap, the false start, and then the then the, the bad snap. Good points, and good points. That doesn't even take into account the misfire on a touchdown that was open, talking about the Bryce Ford-Wheaton play, and the 21-yard loss on a miscommunication. So those are the things I'm wondering if we can clean up because they need cleaned up. I think we're going to see more Garrett Green. I think every week we're going to see a little bit more of him until it's more, closer to 50-50 because they realize they need him to play because Deggie doesn't give them what they need. And he's not ready to start, so you're going to get that two-quarterback system, which I'm okay with because I think that's the best we have to offer right now. I don't think we're going to see a letdown, Jeremy. I think these players are they, – they talk often about the best programs being player-led. And if you listen to the players, like Parker Moore, he took accountability for his mistake on the goal line. Yeah, Brandon, but I, I and I like that. And I saw, you know, people rally around with Zach Frazier. I like that. I like, you know what? As much as people kill, as much as people kill Deggy all the time, um, and say this and that about Deggy, I look at Deggy's disposition. I like Deggy's disposition. I like the way he comes with his lunch pail every day to work. I'm saying I like the attitude these Mountaineers have, but. I've seen it in the past, Brain. I've heard things in the past. People talk about this is the closest team I've ever seen. These guys like being around each other. These guys say the right things. Um, there's, there's players in the NFL that we had play in the NFL, and after losses, you know, the media would talk to them, and they said all the right things. Just because you say something doesn't mean it's going to happen. Just because you want it to happen doesn't mean it's happening. So I hope you're right. I hope, like I said, I hope they haven't lost the team. But most importantly, I hope that this is really, you know, things are about to break out. Because, look, if we get an offense, if we can figure this offensive thing out, Brandon, our team could be scary. I tweeted that, and I mean that. But we got to well, figure it out. I don't mean to burst the bubble, but we ain't figuring out no offense this year. And the reason we're not going to figure out the offense this year is because I love Neil Brown as our CEO. I love Neil Brown as the face of our program, as the ambassador for West Virginia University on the football field and beyond. I met the man on more than one occasion. He's genuine. He's real. I love him. I really do. As much as I love a guy I don't know. You know what I mean? 
I don't like him as the offensive coordinator. And even though Jared Parker is the co-offensive coordinator, Neil Brown's the one calling those plays, and he does not do a good job of it. And this is going to get into Bill Stewart territory, where Bill Stewart had a Ferrari in the garage when you look at all the talent he had, but he couldn't drive a standard. And that was the problem. Like, it's the difference between me driving a Ferrari and Jeff Gordon driving a Ferrari. And that's where where Neil Brown is. He does not have the offensive talent anywhere near the offensive talent that Bill Stewart had, but he's got the same problem in that he's got the wrong guy running it. He should not be running it. He's got to hire an actual, legitimate, power five offensive coordinator to make this thing run. He did it on defense. He's done it more than once because we had Vic Koenig, who did a great job when he left. Uh, you had the two system Jamala day and uh, Le- Jordan Leslie running it together. Jamala day leaves. And now Jordan Leslie's doing it by himself. The defense is fine. He's done the right thing on that side of the ball. The offense has to catch up. It has to. So does the offense catch up against Texas tech? I think the offense will catch up because Texas Tech's defense is so bad. It's putrid. We're going to hear a little bit more about that later on, but it's putrid, Jeremy. They gave up 70 points to, to, to Texas. I don't care who you're playing. When you score, when, when, when your defense gives up 70, 70 points, you're bad. You're very yeah. bad. Yep. It's, so, it's just like the flip side, when you can't score 10 points on offense, I don't care who you're playing. Your offense is bad. It's very bad. And so I think our offense will figure some things out, not meaning it's good, but it will figure some things out against Texas Tech. And I also believe Garrett Green takes another step with more reps in practice, more plays designed for him. And I think the offense will figure it out. And I think we win and cover. Like I said, I think we do win by two sports. Do you remember what we did last year to that defense? And and from what everything I hear, they're, you know, for all you know purposes, the same defense. Jared Dagey, 32 for 50, 347 yards and a touchdown. One touchdown. Yeah, and a touchdown. So, but there, how many drops were there in that game, Jeremy? We had a saying. lot of receiver drops. And, and I think Deggy may be better Turnovers. than he was. And Deggy may be better than he was last year. So I'm uh, expecting that I don't know about. I'm expecting us to put up some points this game. And, and I and I expect us to I don't know Columbia 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 is how do you pronounce that? Columbia. The, the one who killed us last year. Um, not only with his arm, but also with his feet. But the difference is, first of all, our defense is really fast this year. They were fast last year, we're really fast this year, but most importantly, we're prepared for him. We know he's coming in. We know there's a runner back there, and that makes a big difference. Um, part of the reason why Maryland went the way it went, our coaches said, hey, we didn't know what kind of defense they were going to run. It's, some, it's different when you see a, a, a team for the first time. Here, we're seeing this guy kid that we saw last year. I feel like we're going to put the, the, the clamps on him, and I think we're going to score some points, and we're going to look good this game. Do you know who our highest-rated offensive player was this past game? Bryce Ford Wheaton? Yep. And you know what his rating was? By, no clue. According to Pro Football Focus? No clue. 68.6. <laughs> highest-rated offensive player. Our worst-rated offensive player was Parker Moore. So, yes, he had the terrible fall start, but more than that, he just had a bad game. He was 43.4. Defensively, do you know who our highest-rated player was? Def- uh, Taj Austin. Close. Scotty Young. Taj Austin was fourth. Okay. Um, Daryl Porter was, uh, he, Scotty Young had a 78 at the spear position. Daryl Porter Jr. was second with 73.3. Jared Bartlett, 71.6. And Todd Austin at 70.8. Um, Nick Troy was our lowest rated, but to be honest, he really didn't get, he, 
I don't understand how these numbers work because I thought Nick Troy played a pretty good game. But yeah, you know, no, they, they, threw, they threw it underneath um, a couple times on him, but that was no big deal. Uh, I was going to say something about our defense, though. Our run defense was stellar, 81.7 rating by Pro Football Focus. I was actually shocked with that because I honestly thought that uh, Oklahoma was going to give us more problems. Brandon, if we can stop the run like that, obviously we're going to be in every game. But I don't worry about the Iowa States and the Texas with their big offensive lines as much. Our defense showed me something, and I knew we were good. But I, I did, I, for some reason, I questioned the run defense a little bit, and I was completely shut up. And there's people who just keep showing up every single week, different guys with that defensive line, doing it big. As deep as our defensive line is, Nick uh, Neil Brown said he wants to get Daryl Middleton more in the mix and Jalen Thornton more in the mix. You know why that's important to talk about Daryl Middleton? He's a big dude. Well, he's a big dude who's a transfer from Tennessee, but he also tweeted, I should have just stayed home after the Oklahoma game. No, he didn't, did he? Yeah, his butt did. Brandon, I didn't see that. <laughs> so maybe a little bit of recruiting by Neil Brown to say in his press conference, we got to get Daryl Middleton more involved. Maybe it's a little bit of trying to keep him in the fold, keep his mind focused, keep his body there uh, as far as playing the game. Jalen Thornton as well. But I thought that was interesting. He's not the only one, though. Charles Woods put on his Instagram, this game I love is being taken away from me. Don't like seeing that kind of stuff come out from kids. No, so you don't at all. It's just a, it's just a couple of guys, but Daryl Middleton being a big one, lit- both literally and figuratively, we'll see how that goes. I think things are going to go well against uh, against Texas Tech. Like I said, I think we win by two scores. I hope. Anything else about college football, Brandon? Anything else? I mean, I, I do want to give a shout out to the soccer men's uh, soccer team and, and, and the women's soccer team, both of the top five. Uh, excuse me, both in the top 10, West Virginia in the top five, doing it big. Um, the men's team top three, highest rating of all time. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. So hopefully they keep doing uh, good things. But one big thing I want to talk about, Brandon, is did you see the Ohio State player quit? <laughs> he quit. What's his name? Kayvon Pope? Yeah, something like that. Quit in the middle of the game. And, and then has, tweeted. And then has some very specific instructions for Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> I think the funniest thing is Ohio State said, oh, uh, I don't know if they said they took, them, took their scholarship or I don't know if they said kicked them off the team or whatever. But it's so funny. Like they put out this statement about how he's no longer on the team, how, you know, they were taking this away from him. I'm like, no, don't don't try that. No, no, you can't quit. We fire you. No, the man clearly quit. Dude walked off the field in the second quarter and wasn't even looking back. So, yeah, I thought that was funny. Other than that, man. Yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was say, other than that, that's all I had. I, I did want to give, I did want to show some love to Taj, Taj Austin for playing so well. I did want to show a love to uh, Jackie Matthews, Daryl Porter Jr. I de- also wanted to bring up the fact. Look, I don't, I don't want to dwell on it right after the game. Um, and there's no point of even saying this because when you win, you win. You lose, you lose. Don't make excuses. And this is not why we lost at all. Period. But I've never seen somebody a, a defensive line being held so much without any calls in my life. One time they called holding. I thought it was terrible, terrible refereeing. Um, but that's holding on all lost. sides. Yeah, it was just, it was a little crazy to me. No, the all sides were ridiculous. Neil Brown said he didn't want to comment on it because he didn't want to get fined. He didn't feel like paying a fine. Yep. So that's it for us on the, for uh, the roundup. We have in a little preview of Texas tech coming up from the guys from the Tortillas and Takes podcast. So check that out. Stay on the line. They're going to be right here. Rat me, boys! Hail West Virginia! Hail 
right, it's time for the last segment. A little preview of what we can get out of Texas Tech. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pitt, joined by Mr. Al B. Shore. He's not singing, but he's covering Texas Tech. Guns Up Network. He's from the Tortillas and Take podcast. Albie, thank you for joining the Raspy Voice Kids today. I'm not singing. I'm not light-skinned. I'm really, I, though my name is Albie Shore, I'm like the antithesis of the Albie Shore, right? So, like, <laughs> we can be further apart. You know, that's why it works out. That's why it works. But you're doing your thing, though. Dude. That's the you thing. Know, I try. I try, you know. All right. So, I, I got to say this, too. My, of like, all the slogans, you know, from Boomer Sooner to Horns Up, of all the slogans in the Big 12, I think Suns Up, Guns Up is my favorite. I love Suns Up, Guns Up. Dude, it's the best. Because the thing about it is the rest of them just don't make much sense. Like, like saying hook them is just a weird thing to just randomly say. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Gigging, gigging is like you're putting your, your thumb up like animal. Like, it's just a weird, like, that's just who, who does that? A&M's just weird, weird people in general. Everybody else's hands and, and signs is just like a taking off something else guns up it just it works that's the reason why oklahoma state copied it they do the same thing because they just they don't they're not original <laughs> right so we're we're we uh we got a little sauce to us over in west texas everybody else just tries to be weird and it, it, don't, it don't work you got a little sauce you got a lot of tortillas hopefully you're not bringing them to morgantown you guys don't travel with those do you I'm, oh, I'm going to be at the game on Saturday, and I'm going to have the, I'm gonna have that thing on me. I'm going right, <laughs> to right. be swinging them. It's necessary. Like, there's national championship game. There's a tortilla on the court. Like, we, that's just our, our thing now. That's what you do. So when you guys invade Morgantown, when the Red Raiders come knocking, what can West Virginia expect out of this team? So after, I, I think Texas Tech fans want to know the same thing. <laughs> like, the problem is, is that every game so far, we've played four games, and every game we don't know what to expect from Texas Tech. First game against Houston, start off, beginning of the game, Houston's up 14-0 before we can even blink. Uh, but from that moment on, Tech actually played a, a all-around well-run game. The running game was in full effect. Todd Brooks had an outstanding game. Our quarterback, Tyler Shuck, was accurate. Everything was good, and we ended up having a great second half to win the game. Then we go up against SFA, where we're struggling against an FCS team, right, with a West Texas head coach. Really, if defenses don't have a last-minute stand in the fourth quarter, we potentially lose to an FCS team. Then week three happens, we're down again. But then we then after being down 7 nothing, we beat the brakes off of FIU. So, you know, it's, it's really hard to gauge what type of team we're going up against. And then I don't even want to get started with the Texas game. Lord Jesus, we ain't look good from start to finish against Texas. The thing about it with this team, and especially what makes Tech weird, is not just the week-to-week juxtaposition, but the injuries. We're now, that Texas game, in the or last week, the last 10 days have just been awful for Tech. Todd Brooks, who I mentioned earlier, is out. He most likely is not going to play this game against West Virginia either. Um, obviously, Tyler Shuck got a broken collarbone in the Texas game. He's going to be out probably for the season. I mean, they said at least six weeks to reevaluate him. I really don't see a situation where he comes back this season. Um, and then to add insult to injury, Muddy Waters or Marquise Muddy Waters, one of our best corners, he's out for the season. Torn Peck, he's had he had surgery this week. He's gone. So like that's another thing. Three of our biggest impact players on the team all not playing in this game. And so it's uh, not only – so it just, that just adds to the, you know, questions surrounding this team and not knowing who's going to show up. And with all those injuries, you're only a six-and-a-half-point dog, according to Vegas, coming into Morgantown. Let me tell you something. I'm just as surprised as you are. 
<laughs> I didn't. I was a part of me. I saw that line and I was like, did they watch both of these teams play last week? Because <laughs> I don't know if, <laughs> if that's enough. Like, I don't bet. I don't bet four against Tech because my heart can't take it. But if I was a betting man, I wouldn't be betting for us. See, that's the thing is like, I thought we would be favored by more. I knew we would be favored. Yeah. I just thought it would be by more. But that tells you what Vegas thinks of our offense, in my opinion. Um, the other question I had for you is what do you think? Well, it's more, let me make the statement first. I believe West Virginia is plus 25 in the first quarter so far this season. And tech is minus 28. Yep. That is true. So you guys start off slow, but then you figure it out in the second half. We start off fast and then we lose our minds and don't know what to do in the second half. So so something's got to give. Like, is yeah, no, I saw that stat too. And even in the Texas game, I mean, we were down five touchdowns pretty early on. It was 49-14. And from that moment to the end of the game, we kind of played even with Texas all in the second half. So, like, that's – I mean, that's a very good point. Every game we've had so far, we've outscored our opponent or, or we've either tried to outscore our opponent in the second half. So, it's it, – you know, it's, it's I guess it's cool to be a second-half team, but it, the problem is every game we've started down 14 or down, you know, seven or what have you. Um, and you're all the exact opposite in the fact that you're, you're – I mean, you're – punching teams in the mouth early on, but kind of subsiding, similar to Oklahoma State too, but kind of subsiding as the game goes on and trying to hold off teams. That's I, I watched y'all's game against Virginia Tech, and I'm rooting for y'all the whole time through, but at the same time, I'm like, man, this West Virginia team just don't want to win. Just, no. just can't hold on. They don't want to. I don't know what it is, but they really like to snatch Vic, uh, they like to snatch how do you say it? Defeat from, defeat the, jaws from the jaws of victory? Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it is, but we got to figure it out. So do you have a prediction for this Saturday? Huh. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I just I can't predict a Tech W. I just After watching that team last week, I can't predict it. I will say this. Henry Columbia is the guy that beat West Virginia last week. Last week. Yep, yep. Um, Matt Wells doesn't have positive uh, records against many people, but he has it against West Virginia. He's 2-0 against West Virginia in the two years he's been at Texas Tech. He knows how to beat West Virginia. I, don't, I can't explain it. Um I, I I am gonna pick West Virginia to win this game, and I think that I think I'm gonna have that 31 uh, 21. But it, it's more only and the main reason why I think that West Virginia can win this game is because y'all are probably the only team that really knows what who West what Henry Columbia is. I will say that Henry Columbia, everything the coaching staff said about him in the offseason, he got a lot better. He got tremendously better, and you saw that in the second half against Texas. He was his throws. I rewatched that game because I hate myself. <laughs> and his throws were accurate. They weren't lucky throws. They weren't, you know, one of those throws where ah, he just, you know, I just the text wasn't paying attention. They were on the money in stride, accurate, right to his receiver three times. So like Henry Columbia, I mean, he looked good against Texas. Uh, coaching staff said he got a lot. He's very improved. The team plays behind him. They played behind him last year, and they're going to play behind him again this week. I do think that y'all are playing. Columbia probably as the the at his best. Like he's not going to be any better than he's going to he's going to show you on Saturday. So that does give me some type of hope that maybe we can pull it off. Uh, but just this, you know, with the injuries that have happened, Muddy Waters that injury broke me. I don't. I just don't have much faith in this team as of right now. Um, and the team that West Virginia has showed the last two weeks against West against beating Virginia Tech and then coming so close to upsetting Oklahoma. I, I don't think if tech shows up like they did the last week, I just don't see how we have a shot. Well, there you have it from a Texas tech fan and alum. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. He knows what's up when it comes to Texas tech. He knows about Matt Wells. He knows about Columbia. He gave us the goods, all the information you need to know about what to expect coming out of the, out of Texas tech 
When they get to Morgantown Saturday at 3.30, please pay attention. It's going to be a fun one. Albie, thank you for joining the Raspy Voice Kids. Oh, man, thanks for having me. Like I said, I'm going to be in Morgantown this Saturday. I'm, I'm so excited for it. Um, so that's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. Tell the people where they can follow you if they want to learn more about Texas Tech or just have a good follow. So make sure to follow the home team at Tortillas and Takes with the letter N because Twitter don't let us upload the whole name on there. But follow us at, on Twitter, on Instagram, Tortillas and Takes. Um, follow me at Mr. Underscore Albie Shore. That's A-L-B-I-E-S-H-O-R-E. And, you know, follow, follow the squad at Guns Up Nation as well. So we're, I mean, all good Texas Tech content. Um, really, we love West Virginia outside of this one week a year, right? This is the John Denver Bowl. Y'all, y'all try to claim our guy, and uh, that's so we, we can't let you let you make it off of that. Your guy chose us, man. <laughs> the low key West Virginia fans have disliked us ever since we we smacked Geno Smith the first year he came to Lubbock. That was uh, a that was a bad day for me, man. <laughs> oh man, that was a lot of fun. That was, that was a bad so, that was a bad day for me. A good day for you and a good day for Neil oh, Brown, man. but a bad day for me. Was, that was a lot. Of, I was at that I was at that field storming. That was a lot of fun. We haven't had much <laughs> fun since then. But that week, I'll, I'll always have that there that night. Well, all right, there you have it. Albie, we'll talk to you soon, and I hope all the best for you. All right, thanks, man. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.